Hey, I'm Maria. I work at a labor union by day and write and watch too much TV by night. I like to say I've been firmly in the CW's clutches since it was the WB. As the great Seth Cohen on the OC once said about the fictional teen drama, The Valley, TV teen dramas are mind-numbing escapism. They exist in a fantasy world where 20-something hot actors are usually cosplaying high schoolers in melodramatic depictions of adolescents. But that's honestly why I love teen dramas so much. I love the tropes and the shifts and the not-at-all-subtle product placement. I love the early aughts theme songs and the cameo performances by pop-punk bands. I love the newer generation of shows that are more diverse and representative of the vastness of teenage girldom. And I especially love the moments when TV teen dramas get political. You guys, we can organize, stand together, speak with one voice. Karl Marx has come alive for me today. Now it just seems so obviously wrong that those who control capital should make their fortunes off the labor of the working class. Well, since you've fired us, you've given us plenty of time to kick in. Workers of the world unite for all the Welcome to another episode of Leftist Teen Drama. Today we're going to be talking about The Babysitter's Club, which I feel like when it came out, like all of left and labor Twitter was like, oh my God, watch this. Like this is like very wholesome teen girls for the revolution. And so it immediately ended up on the top of my list. And then once I watched through the whole first season, I was like, oh, this arc at the end of the season is gonna obviously need to be an episode in the first season of Leftist Teen Drama. So here we are. And today I have Emma and Nikki returning uh, for their second time on the pod. As you guys may remember, they are my friends who I met whilst organizing on campus. And we are also joined by our friend Kelly who hilariously I know through like two different ways all through labor connection <laughs> so our friend Paul yeah. who was in our labor group uh, worked at the same like hippie summer camp as Kelly yeah and yeah and additionally Kelly and I did the same union semester program a semester apart from one another and there's like alumni events and stuff so we would see each other at those and if anybody listens to my Riverdale podcast uh, about Mr. <laughs> Bughead Kelly has been a frequent guest especially in season four <laughs> <laughs> that roller coaster ride so welcome to the podcast hi i'm kelly um i'm a friend of maria's through union semester and union stuff and our <laughs> friend paul and i was actually a camp counselor for a really long time so i'm excited to talk about this episode and i was a, a camp nurse um in deep quotations i am not a nurse but i <laughs> i know i know like deep deep first aid <laughs> wow. nice yeah i'll go next because actually i have a camp connection too but um, nice. so uh, my name is emma and i met maria in college through labor organizing and then spent some years out of college in the labor movement so very excited to talk about the intersection of leftist scene drama and labor movement but also so i was a camp i went to a, a hippie dippy camp too actually and <laughs> then was a counselor there as well went to camp since I was like 10 like sleepaway camp so through like I was a teenager and then I was a counselor through I was 19 so like I the camp thing all of this was I have a lot of thoughts as well <laughs> it definitely <laughs> so, does yes. the quintessential like camp setting very well yeah and I started like I was like um I started like recycling uh like protest <laughs> so essentially I like what <laughs> like I um, and I got like made fun of for being the recycling girl. Anyway, <laughs> these are kind so of this brought up a lot. That we all like. I feel like everyone who I'm friends with, we've all had like embarrassing experiences where like yeah. our activism made us a nerd. Yeah. Like that's what happened to me in high school too, with being like a feminist. And it's like so we all have yeah. in common. Yes. Now we're all friends as adults. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I felt very like this was just a very relatable and but also fascinating a uh, couple episodes watch. Yeah. I'm Nikki, also known Maria through college and labor activism on campus and uh, now I work for the union and I also went to camp. I wouldn't say it was a hippy dippy camp. It was very <laughs> 
rustic sort Ooh. of situation, but I went there many years and then I became a CIT and a, and a counselor and I was a lifeguard at one point. So there is some CPR in there, but I can't say I remember <laughs> much of it. Didn't have to save anyone. So that's nice. That's yeah. We were like the, the rustic camp, like actually right next to a, a camp called Camp Wani, which was like the super rich camp. And like, if you go out on the lake, you could see their like awesome, like blow up inflatable stuff and we're like okay Ooh, talk well, about social swim, gratification here yeah <laughs> some here you can get in this canoe here that's what we got it's so crazy how that would happen like i feel like that's happened a lot in like a lot of media where it's like the rich camp and the not as rich camp because like the lake there's like a lake there yes. and like so multiple camps will share it and so like it it's just a like, real act, thing it's a naturally occurring phenomenon like naturally occurring in capitalist hell that is the u.s but <laughs> Right. But that's, a, yeah, I mean, I can get into it, but that's also what, can, like, they seem to have gone to, like, a like a hippie to be rich camp. The economic stuff they were talking about was, just, like, interesting just from that context, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, the privilege they were to even be at the camp in the first place. And, I mean, I was that kid, too. So, anyway, lots yeah. to dig in there. <laughs> I never really did any sort of long-term camp thing. Like, I did a couple, like, I did, like, a week at the same Girl Scout camp, like, each summer for a couple summers mm. with like some friends. I definitely had the same experience that they have where they get split up into different bunks when they thought they were all gonna get to be together. Like that happened uh, with some of my friends and it was like a whole conflict. So like that was like, this is some real like teenage preteen girl shit, but I never really did it for a long period of time. Like a lot of my, a lot of my friends did and they would be like away every summer. Right. But yeah. Yeah, so, that was me. We're going to be talking camp, obviously. And so before we get into that, I just wanted, did anyone else read the Babysitter's Club growing up at all? Or is it just me? Yeah, I never got into it. I was yeah, like, same. that's funny. Okay, well, I know. I, I feel I like I would have liked it. You would have. It was like, I mean, I've seen a lot of jokes that are not really jokes because it's just true that are like the Babysitter's Club is a union on like labor Twitter. And it's like, yes. I just like love the concept of like a bunch of girls taking like control of their labor like together and like organizing it, you know? Like just as a concept, yeah. the Babysitter's Club is kind of like awesome. But it's just so funny because like the names are so like of the time that they were. What year? What? I don't know. Like were they old? I feel like they were older books when we were growing up, but people still read them. Well, they were because I remember my sisters. Yeah. So I feel like they were into, and they're three and six years older than me, and I'm twenty. So I think that it was like in the early 90s. Okay, I found, yeah, no, I found it. It's like literally it? perfectly placed for like millennials to have read them. 1980, between 1986 and 2000. <laughs> literally, oh. my sister, that's so funny because my, my oldest sister was born in 86. And uh, yeah, so that definitely, I was like, that makes sense with the span of our millennial. Yeah, uh, you know, there was 80s. so much media tailored toward girls during that time, but the, the, you know, he could have missed it. But you know, just so many, like Marianne and like Logan, for example, like that was her boyfriend in the books. Like they very much like stuck to a lot of the same dynamics. So for anyone who did read them growing up, it's just like so funny to see the, like Marianne and Stacy and um, even Jesse Ramsey, like the younger girls who end up joining up with them, like all were in the books the same names and then you just transport them to like 2020 where right. which you know adds a lot of awesome shit that we'll talk about but one of my favorite things that they did was have them have the landline phone that's like kind of like an homage to like you know the 1986 to 2000 that the original source material comes from and me and jeff have like basically the same phone that they have because we needed a landline because for our buzzer system at our current apartment, you like need to give them a phone number. So we were like, well, we don't want to give them just one of our cell phone numbers. So we got a landline and we were like, wow. okay, we're going to get a cool phone. Like we always wanted. And so now, now oh we, <laughs> we basically have the same phone they have in the babysitter's club. And so like, I really appreciate that they do that. That's amazing. I actually, there was an older series too, right? Cause yeah, I, movie, I think I remember I think, watching too. or movie. I think I remember watching the movie, not necessarily reading the books. I might've like had them. I don't know. Like I was so, young but i definitely have memories of of the older series or movie or whatever right like they were the like phone. definitely like well-loved characters and yeah. one thing that i think sets this apart from a lot of the other series that i talk about on this podcast is that like they actually like cast children to play children 
Yeah. Uh, yes. You knew you could do that. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I loved that. It just seemed, it really felt like middle school again. Like I was like, I am watching middle school happen, especially when they were rehearsing the play. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, they, yes. it, it's really great. And the actors are all doing such a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and also it's crazy how Cher Horowitz is like the mom now. If you, if you only watched the camp episode, you wouldn't have seen, but yeah, the actor, I, her name is escaping me right now, but the actor who played Cher Horowitz in Clueless is Christy's mom. <gasps> Alicia Silverstone? There you go. That was the name. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've gotten to the point where, like, the people who were, like, the romantic leads of our teen rom-coms are now the mom in the next generation of teen drama. So everyone let that sink in. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but she looks great as always i just think it's a really cool series they got a second season excited to see what more they do but they did a, they did some like i just wanted to mention a couple of the plot lines they did in the first season that stuck out to me was like one of their clients like one of the kids that they babysit is a trans girl and marianne has to bring her to the hospital while she's you know under her care and she like stands up to the doctors who are trying to call this girl a boy because you know her um. medical papers still have like the wrong pronouns or whatever wow and it's like a big moment for her because she's a shy character um yeah and so i thought that was like just a really wholesome amazing plot line very empowering you know when you like find your voice for someone else and then there's also claudia kishi who we're going to talk about a lot because she's like one of the co-conspirators of today's protests that we're going to be discussing she discovers when her grandmother has a stroke that she like went through the japanese internment camps which she never knew and like i thought that that the way that they handled it was just like really really lovely and i just thought that it was like a really cool way to like show a piece of history that doesn't get shown a lot like to the next generation and everything and also, i was gonna say yeah especially the younger kids who might be watching this yeah yeah and like how recent it was that like your grandmother is still kicking and she is a survivor of that yeah so i just think this show is doing really cool things and i'm excited to see what it does next but today we're gonna talk about the coolest fucking thing they did at all which was this amazing revolution that don and claudia stars one thing i did want to mention before we go into it is that the actor who plays don was recast for season two so we're gonna be talking about like this don and like kudos to her performance because this is like her last one in the babysitter's club apparently the original actor Sochil Gomez she was cast in a Marvel movie like the Doctor Strange movie they're working on and the, the scheduling conflicted and obviously if you have the chance to be in the Marvel universe you probably take that as an actor so she was recast this uh, actor Kendra Sanchez is going to be Dawn in the next season but kudos to Sochil and uh, clearly she's doing great things if she's moving up into the Marvel universe but loved her performance in this thing that we're about to watch so that's wild though are they gonna ad address like a different person being this person i don't know i could see them doing some sort of tongue-in-cheek like thing that maybe yeah. references it without referencing it yeah that's, that's did so that ever, i don't know if you guys ever saw sense eight on netflix but that's exactly did, actually a yeah. like made like a quick reference to like the person looking different you know <laughs> Yeah, I, I always think about Roseanne when they replaced Becky. They got a second Becky. Yeah, it was Sarah Chalk. And they would be like, you're so different, Becky. It was cute. I liked it. Cool. So just to sort of place us in where we are before we start watching, the girls of the Babysitter's Club are at Camp Moosehead for the summer. And, you know, they just finished seventh grade, going into eighth grade. And they are used to being the ones in charge because of the Babysitter's Club. So that's a fun dynamic. And they're just natural leaders, you know? like honestly like they they could be leader id'd in a minute like <laughs> in an organizing campaign they have their shit together and so amen yeah and claudia kishi i think it's as important to the plot line as she's like the artistic one obviously and she actually gave up going to art camp for the summer so she could spend it with her friends and so like art is very important to her and i think that plays a big role in why she ends up getting so involved in this like revolution because she thinks that art should be for everyone and then dawn being like the social justice warrior i, I know that has a bad connotation but like in a cute way the social justice warrior like 
she immediately is like oh i'm gonna sign up for the morning announcements like then i can like i gotta love a through platform or something like she's like totally ready to like use the morning announcements for the cause and like honestly it just shows how like her brain you know it's just like wired toward like revolution and like having the platform available to her like before there's even an issue she already decides i'm gonna be on the morning announcements so that i have a free platform and then later she you know uses it so that's pretty kick-ass so yeah. our tale begins in arts and crafts class this yarn is poorly behaved well-behaved yarns rarely make history isn't that the saying on your tote bag the focus on your gauze eye is next level tomorrow we tie-dye if you want to participate, stop at the commissary to purchase your shirts to dye. It's $35 for a crew neck tee, $50 for a sweatshirt. Super high quality cotton, guys. Holds color well. Uh, my parents didn't give me commissary money. They think camp was already so expensive. Then you can't do the tie dye. I'm sorry, but you can assist or draw or something. That was the first clip. The injustice of there being a paywall on tie dye. Ooh. Right? Something as quintessential camp as tie-dye. Like, I have this, like, memory of, like, being told to bring a, like, blank yeah. shirt to camp. Is that, like, a thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, the thing is, like, these, this is very real. Like, camp has all these supplemental payment the things. Yeah. Like, I mean, what if, like, this, I've never heard of, like, buying, but, like, yes, bringing your own shirt, but the, all those trips and stuff to talk about, like, paying extra to do horseback riding, paying extra this like those are these are things that there definitely is that provide a camp so it's just like fascinating these kids are realizing it yeah yeah the camp i went to when i was a kid they there was like a commissary thing where you could like put in money but um after like years of kind of like hand wringing they changed it so that, like everybody has the same amount matter what okay um yeah oh, wow. which yeah. yeah which i i think is better you know because like one kid would have like a million weird snacks and then like yeah it was just crazy but, okay they picked the most adorable child <laughs> i was like oh, i felt so bad for this tiny little yeah. kid oh, and they, this counselor they, is a jerk yeah she is not a good representative of the bangs community as somebody with bangs um amen she sucks like how do you not have a better line than i'm sorry you can't tie-dye maybe you can draw or something like bitch like yeah. what <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this is horrible. Yeah, yeah. And she, I was like, this child is going to carry this trauma with her for the rest of her life. Like, she's going to remember this, being told that, like, oh, well, then you can't tie-dye because you're poor. Like, what the heck? Yeah, she's going to be in therapy in, like, 10 years. And they're going to be like, so when was the first time you felt like an outsider? And she's going to be like, well, I was at camp. (laughs) It reminds me of when the guidance counselor drove me home and, like, went off about how my house was small. Oh, yeah. Oh, little, yeah. Little things what? like that really stick with you. Yeah. It's like, how do you want to live in there? And I was like, we do fine. Oh, but this is a guidance counselor? Yes. And she said it in front of my friend, too. I was just like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And I told my oh, mom yeah. about it. And we still talk shit about it to this day. Oh, totally. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yes. messed up. That's wild. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. It's a good story, though. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Sometimes assholes make good stories. So uh, we're going to go to the next clip now where Claudia and Don are going to, you know, they still have this on their mind. I can't stop thinking about the tie-dye thing. It's super messed up that only kids with money get to do the cool projects. Art should be for everybody. It's not just the art stuff. Horseback riding costs extra, and there are special day trips that not everybody can afford. That's so unfair. It's socioeconomic stratification. It's creating haves and have-nots in what's supposed to be a utopian environment. You're agreeing with me, right? Absolutely. (laughs) What are we going to do about it? Damn. Dawn is awesome. Like, Dawn is that young and she already understands that direct action gets the goods, you know? Like, she's like, what are we going to do? Like, we can sit here and complain about it, but what are we going to (laughs) do? She's definitely on Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but is there something about her, like, that 
I, you know, don't know about her storyline that, like, makes her, I don't know, this way more. Um, yeah. and when she, like, arrives, so she's, like, the new girl from California. Her parents got divorced, right. and her mom decided to move back where she came from. So, like, the town they live in. And yeah. she kind of, like, is introduced as someone who's, like, into social justice. And, like, you know, I think they try to like, okay. make it, like, oh, she's from L.A. Like, you know, they kind of, like, <laughs> they, I, they somehow, like, clump those two things together. Yeah. And so she's supposed to be, like, a political, like, kind of kind of gal. Yeah. Yeah. Dom was speaking in such, like, a woke way that like Claudia didn't get she's like wait so you're on my side like it was just it was just kind of cute oh, Don yeah. was using so. some SAT words wait, that's what I mean. yeah like <laughs> socioeconomic stratification which like oh, as someone with a lisp like it's hard enough to say I don't know I <laughs> but like yeah there. she's very smart yeah lisp power <laughs> lisp solidarity I wonder if people like the episodes of B for B we did just the two of us if people are like Jesus people are like just can't say a damn S like <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> um but yeah okay that's them deciding they have to do something yes. so let's watch them set that plan in motion every character is so smart oh. i really like that they're they're all so deep and smart in their own way yeah great teen girl representation i really i wish i read these books i just Always, literally I judge them by the cover and I was like these are old and probably boring I'm gonna read the magic tree house instead or whatever I read the magic tree house too I just read a lot when I was younger like I wish I read as much now as I read when I was younger <laughs> all right here we go those colors are perfect they look so good you can just give yours a hang out there yeah it's great wow really good job I love your choices okay and you can hang yours to dry yes Friday three o'clock Follow the arrows and tell your friends. Another beautiful day for Camp Moosehead. But an abysmal one for the men, women, and children in Central America, seeing their way of life destroyed by climate change. And the metaphorical climate is changing at camp as well, because the scourge of income inequality is rearing its ugly head. <clears throat> uh, it's meatloaf night. Be forewarned. There you go. So that's uh, sort of the beginning of their plan being set in motion. It was really sad to actually watch that cute, as you said, Kelly, most adorable little girl they could possibly pick sit there with crayons while, you know, the, the other kids get to tie-dye shirts. You hate to see it. It's, like, so unfair. And you just, I mean, clearly they chose the cutest little girl to pull at her heartstrings the most. But, I mean, I really feel for her. No, they don't even have like maybe they have like scrap t-shirts to give the kids that don't have their i don't know like like right. not scrap necessarily but like extra t-shirts to like give kids that don't get to buy the the nice new i don't know uh it's just buy a pack of hanes t-shirts yeah why do they have to be 35 dollars like really high quality cotton i hate this hipster camp counselor <laughs> and i hate that she is being mean to this cherubic little girl and she can't tie-dye and she's so sad but i love how dawn is just like whistleblowing she's a journalist <laughs> and i love it and and I love the other girl, like, doing the secret, like, oh, here's the plan. And then you can tell that the girl doesn't feel alone anymore. And I feel like that happens, like, in organizing all the time. It's like something horrible is happening, and you feel so isolated. And then you come together, and it's sweet. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah, it's like we, can, we yeah. can all, like, wallow in this awfulness, or we can come together and make it better. And then it's like, oh, wait, we could, there's a way, like, you know, like showing people there's another way is, like, such a part of, like, organizing. Like, we don't have to just take this. We can actually do something together to change it. Yeah. Like, perhaps making temporary art out of <laughs> the flowers and stuff in the woods and making this, like, extremely beautiful, like, mandala thing that... <laughs> I mean, it was just like out of this world. Yeah, seriously. All right, yeah. So let's go to let's go to the three outdoor art class that they hold. They uh, organize. Yes. Ooh, yeah. The O word. Did she say like she called herself an Yeah, she totally did. There's this artist named Andy Goldsworthy. He makes these amazing large-scale art pieces in nature, using nature. His work is beautiful, but it's also free. So that's what we're gonna be doing today. Because art shouldn't be only the province of the privileged. So true. 
This is what I've been working on. But we can make something even better together. Let's start by gathering some natural supplies. Leaves, sticks, stones, flowers, feathers. That's awesome, you guys. Breathtaking. And our masterpiece will disappear when the wind blows. Making our art just as ephemeral as the organic materials that made it. Hey, what's going on here? It's uh, art class. The only sanctioned arts and crafts at Cat Moosehead is my class, where most of you are supposed to be right now. Well, most of us don't have hundreds of extra dollars for you to show us how to inexpertly tie-dye, so we're doing our own class. Power to the people. You can't have an unsanctioned class out here in the middle of nowhere. It's a liability to have all these unsupervised kids. There are bears. They're not unsupervised. Claudia and I are here. Back in Stony Brook. You babysit, I've heard. This is over. Everybody, back to arts and crafts. Philomena, it's not fair. The t-shirts are too expensive for most kids, and they shouldn't feel left out just because they can't afford it. It's a social economic stratosphere thing. Camp is supposed to be a utopious environment, which means fair. It actually means ideal. Go to arts and crafts. No. Then you're remanded. I don't know what that means. It means I'm ordering you back to your cabin until further notice. Starting now. Claudia, be strong. You're doing the right thing. Now what? Now, we fight. Hunger Games style, like, right? That's like the vibe, right? Like, it totally gives me yes. Hunger Games. No, that vibe. is what that is. Okay, okay. I think that they're well, literally, they're literally referencing that with yeah. the mocking Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the little whistle they do is trademarked. They had to do another whistle in the back. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was so cute. Oh my god. Like, okay, now it's serious. Now we're going for it. Oh my god. I just love how it's like Claudia standing there, kind of like saying the right things in like a very like uneducated but she understands what's right and wrong kind of way and then like next to her yes. you know is just, just don being like ephemeral province yeah exactly province of the privilege so yeah. but like don is yeah. don is create is doing leadership development and like letting claudia like go off and encouraging her not to break even though she's getting in big trouble i love it that's so true amazing yeah and it's just like you know i took an art history class both in high school and in college and like i remember us learning about like outdoor you know like site-specific art and like art made with like only organic materials and so it's also like claudia's educated in a different kind of way like she knew about this artist who they should like emulate and so like she's not only teaching them about art but she's teaching them about an artist at the same time it's just like this girl is so cool like this is so awesome and just like it's so creative for them to do the free outdoor art class as their way of protesting you know absolutely yeah. claudia is so cool <laughs> i also love that she like shows up to camp in heels and yes. like big summer and like big sunglasses i don't know i really like claudia i also like that she tears into that camp counselor yes <laughs> Most of us don't have hundreds of dollars to inexpertly tie-dye, but maybe tie. Oh my it's god, like, so good. Rip that hipster to shreds, Claudia. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm like, but like Philomena, aka Mini, is yes. like the most miserable human yes. in, in her role. And I have a lot of questions about her judgment. Yeah, is she okay? And like, <laughs> <laughs> like and then like where we end up at the end like that's another question <laughs> but yeah is Mini okay like is Mini okay it's kind of like like she seems like miserable and like she hates children so curious the, how this ended up the camp director is always miserable right like that's my experience <laughs> not mine I guess I guess that's real that is <laughs> Well, not miserable, but just, like, I would be like, hey, how's the job going? And they'd be like, I miss being a camp counselor because now I have to do all this weird insurance stuff mm -hmm. and worry about all this stuff that I didn't have to do before. 
and like liaise with parents all the time and the health department and i was like Whew, yeah i'm never gonna do that yeah and remand people back to their cabins when they refuse to go to arts and crafts yeah i mean is that legal I don't know. It reminds me of the parent trap when they were brought yes. back to the isolation cabin and it's like so dramatic. They like march them over there and everything and they're yes. like, get up there. Like <laughs> Yeah. The discipline, the public punishment of it all. Exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's messed yeah. up. They're definitely trying to make an example of Claudia, but I don't think it's gonna work. She's too cool, you know? Yeah. It just makes them look bad. Agreed. So now we are going into the second part of the story that's kind of like, you know, the halfway point. One of the resistance leaders, you know, has been has been apprehended, if you will. <laughs> By making an example of her, they kind of turned her into a hero and a martyr. Absolutely. So, yeah, they <laughs> literally did, especially with the way that Dawn handled it with, with saying, like, you're doing the right thing, like, in front of everyone. Like, yes. that was encouraging. Yeah others to look up to her behavior yep and mm -hmm. then she you know brought it home with that that good old mockingjay salute and exactly oh yeah which is also the girl scout promise i think oh my god yeah yeah i was a girl scout for a time in a very dramatic girl oh scout my group. god we were on my honor i will try to serve god and my country oh, no. to help people oh, at all times right. and to live by the girl scout law oh, i forgot about that wow that. you brought so much yeah. back <laughs> <laughs> that just came to me oh my god i thought i'd forgotten it wow i'll never forget it yeah no i went to girl scout camp so yeah yeah that's real that's real and i literally belong <laughs> to like the most dramatic girl scout troop of all time like this is so wholesome like we were all like getting in fights with each other and they were like clicks and like it was bad like and i did not have that <laughs> incredible I tried to join Girl Scouts and I think I went to Brownies for like a day and I hated it so much because everyone was so mean I left Aww. never did it mine was like our troop was like the the quote-unquote like silly or like I wouldn't say troublemaker but we really weren't that into like doing the activities we were like yo let's like joke like all meeting let's just like have fun so we were definitely like odd ones out in terms of like other troops you know that like had their shit together like listen we're just here for a good time you know so <laughs> yeah my troop was also like trolls so we would troll leaders and just everyone around us they made us like do like who's your feminist hero and me and my Aww. sister talked about barbie because she's had every job and they were that's disturbed true, by it but that's yeah. valid i know but i think they wanted to hear like susan b anthony they also did like a nutrition badge that was like a thinly veiled like how to diet as a child badge that oh, was boy. really weird well, susan yeah racist, Oof. so she can that you're fine you're better off <laughs> yeah. that's right so we go into the second part now of this saga Everyone else in the BSC is about to find out that Claudia has been remanded to her cabin. Claudia is a political prisoner. I'm her eyes and ears on the outside. The only way to free her is to subvert the entire system and start a revolution. Yes, and if it's a long imprisonment, I might need three more bags of Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, God, I'm so itchy. Stacy, no. No scratching. Christy, do something. There's only one thing to do. Call an emergency meeting of the Babysitter's Club. Naturally. <laughs> so where did they get that I iPad and internet connection at, at a summer camp? Really? I have great, questions. Great question. But I don't have the answer. Sorry, I, I, I was really curious about that, but I'm sorry we can move on. I was just like, how did they get their streaming? <laughs> this is not well, apparently it's rich kid camp, so they probably have like yeah. 5G. Yeah, probably. I mean, kids are sneaking in cell phones when I was in camp before there were iPhones. So yeah, yeah. before I get it. Smartphones, but anyway, yeah. I just love, oh. I just love the high drama of like Claudia is a political prisoner. Like, let's just lead with that. Yep. <laughs> and then, and then subverting, like talking about subverting of something so that they can like pull the wool over on the like camp director's eyes, essentially, and so they can like start a revolution. Like, wow, this is. This is some 40 chess. Dawn is great at jail support. Really? She's curing the Cool Ranch Doritos. And she's her eyes and ears on the outside. And they're all like being really supportive of each other's struggles with poison ivy and political imprisonment and drama club theater directing. 
they have a lot going on they do and you know i mean as we know and we will talk about it sometimes uh different causes don't always line up and create some weird friction Mm -hmm. so john has declared the need to start a revolution so we're gonna watch the beginning of that happening as you said at the same time that some of the club is afflicted with poison ivy and others are trying to get a play to somehow off the ground this unfair system's got to go hey hey ho ho this unfair system's got to go attention campers this is a lie-in we will continue our peaceful protest until old mimi changes the unfair pay system or let's Claudia continue her free art classes for all. Everybody, join hands. We are stronger together. Well, well, well. I see you've come to negotiate. Actually, I'm on my way to my car. But this whole protest thingy is against protocol, and I am over this, Michigas. You are all remanded back to your cabins until further notice. Until I'm back from the dentist. Move, move, move. Move. Does remanded mean we're missing afternoon activities? We won't be missing activities if there are no activities. Thank you, sister in arms. (laughs) Oh man, sister in arms, amazing. (laughs) I know, sister in arms, that's like... Uh, She really is revolutionary. She's the coolest. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I just love how she's able to just be like, okay, so let's first start with a lion. We'll put our bodies on the line, and then, like, that doesn't work. Also, great chance, of course. And she immediately pivots, though, and she's like, okay, well, if we have to go back to our cabins instead of going to activities, then I guess we just have to make activities something that can't happen. Like, we have to make enough trouble that activities aren't happening. And it's just like, what? How do you already know this? Some of the things that she was chanting as a union communicator, I'm like, these are the kind of things that I, like, tweet. (laughs) Like, (laughs) she's like... I mean, she, she has a whole escalation plan in her brain, and she's just she's just doing it she's just following it step by step well this is the next step yeah very prepared very prepared yeah and also i've been to a lot of protests that are like we're gonna like occupation style and i like that they're lying on the ground and they're comfortable and that they're (laughs) really blankets and towels and stuff underneath them they're chilling it's great if you can make a protest like good for you that's awesome but yeah she's like oh this isn't disruptive enough so let's like let's fuck up camp i love it i love how like her immediate reaction is just like all right i guess we gotta do a general strike then i mean you pushed you pushed me to my limit and now here we are (laughs) yeah I mean, that's the proper point in the in the escalation plan, as I said. Exactly. Okay, yeah. I guess. As we saw, the sister in arms gave Don a little like you know spark of inspiration for this general strike that she's gonna call. And as we noted before, she has already ensured that she knows how to use the announcement system. She knows how to get in there. Like she knows it backwards and forwards because she's been doing the announcements every day. So now that she needs to like communicate to the whole camp, she already like knows exactly what she needs to do to like do that, you know? Yeah, and she's built up trust with the community. So true. Attention fellow humans. This is Don Schaefer, your organizer, but not your superior. Today I'm asking every camper to make a sacrifice. Not for yourself, not for me, for justice. I'm officially calling for a camp-wide general strike. Lay down your eggs, disarm your bows, fold your hands and create gates. We must abstain from activities until we are all equal. Wait, everyone stay. Yeah, so everyone's leaving. Sorry, Marianne, I'm a union guy. But the best way to protest is to make great art. Isn't that what Paris Magic is all about? Maybe we should cancel the performance in solidarity. Or we can all stay and celebrate the spirit of revolt through musical theater. I will stay to continue the play. After all, it's my big break. And stardom will be mine to take. Yeah, so a general strike has been called. It is official. There's like, they're going to set up a picket line. And now it's like, which side are you on? And that unfortunately affects Mary Ann's performance as her actors as oh i can't is that george michael who that was i think it was george michael uh christy's little brother as he said i'm a union guy and the the kids are the kids are all right so the popular opinion is to walk off the job so (laughs) 
it's like they just know what to do. They just know what to do instinctively. But I do love that was the organizer line. She said, I'm your organizer, not your superior. Which I loved. I had chills when she was making that announcement. Um, Also, that camp counselor with her headphones in, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. With her back turned? I'm like, girl, you need to just... What's going on? Yeah, no engagement. She was just like looking. She, uh, her ears are busy. Her eyes are busy. Oh my god, I sound like such a, such a fucking camp counselor. <laughs> but um, oh, I know. I I I had that same note in my head too. I was like, not not great camp counseling. Going no, on. <laughs> no. And then that little kid at the end who who's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be a star. Like one, I I know a lot of kids who are like that. And two, she's being a scab. Yeah. For her own personal gain big because she wants to be a star. Energy. And she's trying to take Karen's role and can't oh wait, sorry. Yeah, big scab energy. And Karen, the, who is cool, she's nowhere to be found. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with this camp. I'm not into it. The other thing is like, where are the adults to? <laughs> <laughs> It's so fun. Like, wh- the fact that they're able to just do this theater production, like, on their own. I know. I feel like a lot of... <laughs> I mean, of- more power to them, right? No, totally. I feel like it's sort of implied that the counselors are all, like, teenagers. And, like, I feel like what they often do in this show is, like, the teenagers are just, like, you know, like, off trying to have sex and, like, be teens. Whereas, like, they're kind of more, like, pre-teen, just 13, young teenagers. Right, no, there is an anti... Are, like, responsible <laughs> babysitters, you know? <laughs> Yes, there's an anti-teen pro-preteen bias. Yeah. Teens yeah. are more responsible than teens is the lesson of the show. Yeah, they're not horny enough yet, I think, is the, the implication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, though. What about that kiss? That's true. Hey, you're getting ahead of ourselves. That kiss, what's going to happen in the play? So we are going to watch them kind of like set up the picket line now, now that people have walked away from their activities. Oh, one thing that none of us mentioned before we move on is I just like, I die when she's like, put down your egg. And people are like playing the like egg, you know, yeah. what, what would egg relay or something like a relay race kind of egg thing. And yeah. <laughs> put down your bow, <laughs> put down your hand of crazy aid. So it's just like, oh my God, so good. <laughs> she makes. Uh, mundane camp activities sound so uh, profound. Yeah. It's sort of like social reproduction in camp, you know? Like, camp can't happen unless these kids are, like, participating. I mean, yeah, she understands social reproduction. But it's like, they're not working. Like, they're, like, performing being campers. And if they stop doing that, then, like, it's a problem. But, like, it's, I mean, but it's not, like, a horrible problem if kids don't participate in camp i don't know yeah it's really funny though yeah it's a definitely yeah. a funny a funny line it's yeah like who would ever think that like a bunch of campers would like just stop like you know doing archery for the cause but they do and it's pretty cool <laughs> their recreation their recreation enjoyment is their yeah. labor yeah but it's also- like this yeah but also it makes sense in the context of what they're protesting too because it's like oh it does yeah mm-hmm. it's like it, like the no activities are going to happen if acti- if all the activities aren't like for all of us yeah which is amazing yeah before i forget um campers protested me once really <laughs> yes so they it was the last day of camp and um they were like nine and ten years old they loved this imaginary game where they were bankers at a bank for dogs and it was called bogs and they had dogglers and there were dogglers everywhere and it was the last day we had to clean everything up so i started cleaning up the bank and they were like you can't destroy our bank and i was like we have to clean it up it's the last day and yeah they sat and refused to clean it and started chanting at me and Oh, that they had God. to save their bank and i was like it's really ironic that you're protesting to save a bank of all things right. but it is cool that you're all stopping cleaning together except that like we actually do have to clean this yeah like i, yeah. I appreciate your solidarity but this is not going to clean itself <laughs> I, I can't believe i have to be the boss right now but um no so yeah i destroyed the bank gotta do what you gotta do dare you you gotta yeah <laughs> all right so let's watch these strikers put up a barricade why are we building a fort it's not a fort it's a barricade 
Activism is about using whatever platform you have to make change. And sometimes that means yelling loudly on a pile of old furniture. What are you guys doing? Hey, aren't you the girl that's supposed to be in her cabin? Uh, we're engaging in civil disobedience. Meanie's not even here. Just don't hurt yourselves. Where do you think Meanie went? She said the dentist, but she probably went to go get reinforcements. So anyone who isn't down for a confrontation should go. Are you with me? I'll stay. I'm proud of you. So one of my favorite things about that is how she like checks everyone's comfort level. It's like that's such like a classic civil disobedience thing is to be like, okay guys, we're getting oh. to a point where this is gonna be arrestable. If you can't get arrested, like leave. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like Meanie's gonna arrest you. And like also the counselor is just not caring. There's so much about this. And then the, the lame is references with the barricades. I mean, so much. I feel like the counselors represent like an incompetent middle management structure. Yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're just like, what? You're doing what? You're doing what? Is it going to affect me? No? Okay. I wonder if the people who wrote this were like part of the big writer strikes and stuff. Like, I feel like they had a lot of fun writing it. I mean, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, because 2007 wasn't that long ago in like the grand scheme no. of someone's like career, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. All those truncated. Me too. All those truncated no TV. Seasons. Yeah. <laughs> it was reality TV because yes. there was, uh, oh because the, the the reality TV didn't have writers. I know. It's like, I love reality TV, and it's like horrible oh, already. And then like, like, like that it reality TV is busting like, like, tactic. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Ugh. Yes, yes. It's, it's like horrible. Very yeah. frustrating. Yeah. How to unionize this reality the TV. Producers. Being a master so, manipulator like, is, you know, you deserve a union for that. Yeah. But no, I'm thinking like those, like, you know, the production assistants. Right. Like the producers. Yes. They're the producers. But like they're the producers you think of, like the big Hollywood producers. Or these are the producers who are like crafting the storylines. Yes. Yeah. They're they, just there. They deserve their union. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They work like crazy. Those, yeah. Those, yeah, I've never understood yeah. why like PAs don't have. Make the most dramatic storylines ever. Yeah. I wonder if. Yeah, it's like. I mean, I did. P I tried to get PA work when I first moved here because like mm -hmm. it's New York City and yeah. I needed money. Yeah, yeah. And like I joined this Facebook group called Local Zero Heroes, and like you, would, they would just post a job and you would take it. It was just bananas. I don't know why they don't have a union either. Yeah, it's it's. Why is everyone all, else? Yeah, like everyone else does when you get higher up in the has one on a set yeah. normally. Yeah, exactly. It's like they just still want to be able to abuse yeah. the, like the people at the lower Weird. end of the spectrum. Like I don't get it. You know someone who's a yeah. PA right now, and maybe I should get them to organize. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> all right, cool. So let's move to kind of the full-on protest that's happening at the barricade, and I think this is an interesting moment when Marianne and Don kind of have it out you know one of the activities being interrupted is this like big play that marianne put on so oh another thing that i had in my notes that we forgot that i forgot to say is that the line where she was like sometimes activism is standing on a pile of furniture and yelling i don't know why but that totally gave me like occupy wall street vibes <laughs> absolutely oh, well, no but that was that was what i was talking about yeah. the reference to lame yeah. is that's what oh, they're talking yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they're referencing they're referencing yeah. Well, yeah, yeah the barricade. referencing the barricade in Les Mis, it's built from furniture, Which yeah. And, and then the fact not... that the musical is a Les Mis spoof. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not a, yeah, it's not, they don't, don't actually say Les Mis, but yeah. Couldn't get the rights to say right. Les Mis. It's, it's like a Les Mis musical, and they're doing this, like, Les Mis thing. So that is, but also, yes, I think probably maybe occupied from Les Mis, making barricades out of furniture. Yeah, I just feel like the whole oh. idea of, like, using whatever you have and then, like, you know, being very loud and vocal was like very much the vibe of Occupy. <laughs> and yeah. how all activists are connected through history and it's beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So true. All right. So, yeah, full on protest of the barricade. Here we go. And why are you building it so close to the theater? We just want people who are participating in camp activities to think about what they're doing and reflect on the injustices all around us. Dawn, the show is really important to me and you're messing with it. Well, it's not about your show, Marianne. You're my friend, so maybe it should be. Marianne, listen, 
I'm not trying to hurt your feelings or your show. I respect you too much for that. But when you're working on your play, you feel great, right? Like, you're connected to what you really care about. Like, you're the best version of yourself. I feel like I can talk to people and not be shy. Because it's not about me. It's about something way bigger. That's what this protest is for me. I'm not trying to shut down your show. I'm trying to make a difference. Kids are being left out because they have less. If there's anything I can do to change that, that's what I have to do. Because that's my best version of me. I guess I can understand that. You try and make the world better your way. And I'll do mine. And we'll still be best friends, okay? Okay. <laughs> and if any of you need to take a breather for a few minutes, feel free to come sit inside while the show's going on. In the audience. Good luck. You too. It's actually break leg. We can't afford another curse. <laughs> Did we just cross a picket line? I think it's more of a picket suggestion. And Marianne needs butts and seats. Mm, I gotta say, girl, I don't appreciate that picket suggestion mm. line. No <laughs> suggestion. No way. I thought that argument was a little too tidy. Oh, I mean, um, yeah. But I thought it was nice that, like, Dawn explains why this is important to her and, like, her personal stake and, like, why she, like, loves, like, fighting for social justice. But, but like, I, I think that, like, when you're doing some sort of, like, disruptive action, like, you can, like, inadvertently fuck up other people's shit without realizing mm -hmm. it. And I think that, like, the way they addressed that was really cool that, like, you do have to kind of, like, talk to other people and right. be like, hey, like, this, is, I know that this is an inconvenience to you, or but the, the bigger picture, like, this will help all of us in the long run. And I remember, like, during last summer, during the big uprisings around, like, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, you know, some small businesses were, like, even though I'm sure they were nervous about maybe vandalism or, like, we were annoying their customers, like, a lot of bars and restaurants were, like, passing out water and, like, letting us use their restroom and stuff because, like, they they agreed with us. And I I don't know. It was cool. Yeah, I think that was, like, an interesting... I think they had to, like, be able to, you know, with the 30-minute show this is for uh, things, they had to be able to wrap it up in a nice yeah. bow, that complicated situation of of conflicting... But I, I think it was it is important to address because, like, have, your your cause doesn't exist in a vacuum. And I think that's, that's kind of the lesson here is how to how to consider all all, all of that around it and uh, create partners and create solidarity through those maybe seemingly conflicting things. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's also interesting how it kind of creates a debate of like like Marianne tries to be like we can do revolt through art and you know like obviously they're doing like the French Revolution like Les Mis knockoff show so it is like kind of like a revolutionary show and so she's trying to argue like oh well art is the protest and John is like well no I have this whole escalation plan and since you're the only activity that's still open we have to set up our barricades here so that the scabs sorry to call you a scab but the scabs will know you know it's kind of like this awkward. <laughs> Totally. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even think yeah. about it that way, but you're right. Like the musical theater people, as much as I love musical theater, they are being scabs. And I get yeah. that they worked really hard, but it's like you could put the play on another day. They clearly need another day to rehearse anyway. True. Yeah. Yes. True. Or they could do some street theater instead, you know, make oh, it into that would be cool. Make it into real protests. Perform it as part of the protest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but one of the other things I wanted to mention from that talk that it really, like, honestly, what both Marianne and Dawn said about their different passions, like, really spoke to me because, honestly, like, the first, like, you know, semester I knew Nikki and Emma, like, I was still gonna, like, work in publishing and stuff like you know i was still on like the writer only track and then you know the union organizing happened and we went public with the union and like even before we went public with the union we were starting to put together this coalition of students and we needed to have this big meeting where like we needed different people to like talk to the group and i remember being asked to like introduce one of the workers and i knew that there were going to be like 50 people in this room and i always hated public speaking so i was like i was i remember being so unsure but everyone was kind of like you can do it like yeah like i'm gonna do it you can do it and and so i did it and it just like felt really great and i just like did it you know and 
then Emma asked me to co MC the worker speak out we had. And I said yes again, you know, and like I just like realized that summer, like, oh, I'm like saying yes to things that I never thought I would ever say yes to. Like, I'm doing things I never thought I would do. And like, I feel the same thing. Like, what she said, like, I don't feel shy because I'm doing it for like a larger thing. Like, that's like kind of what made me realize oh, yeah. that I wanted to work in the labor movement because I was kind of like, I feel like these are my people. I feel like comfortable, comfortable going out of my comfort zone when I'm doing something for this cause, you know? And so, right, something that, you care about matters. Right. right. And um, it didn't feel that same way about like the publishing stuff I had done. And so it just like was such a like gut feeling kind of thing. And I feel like they do such a good job oh. of explaining that here, even from a young age. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that was nice. Who was unionizing? Our food service workers were unionizing. Oh, hell yeah. Sodexo came yeah. in and they wanted a union within like three months of Sodexo coming in, which is like, Sodexo, you suck. <laughs> um, yeah, it was yeah. a remark That's to Sodexo. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so wow. They, they yeah, were... at my college, when I was there, it was the maintenance guys. But yeah. Yeah, you guys supported them when they were unionizing too? Yeah, and I don't know. I a college campus union organizing is really interesting because like the students I think do play a big role yeah. in like like the community support oh, of the students. That's, That's a huge a, deal. Yeah. That was a big part of our organizing because it's like if you can't get like, you know, if the students don't feel like, you know, part of and and like they have stake in and like the, you know, showing real main that they do that like we're all part of the same community but like without that support of like you know the people actually the financial control for the school honestly with the you know what i mean that's mm -hmm. the other part of it too if you're really thinking like uh like if if the students are 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 uh speaking up the ones who actually have you know uh say whether they go there or not and give the school the money i think it really is important from like not only the the solidarity perspective but like the financial power of it all Totally. Yeah, or you could be like, hey, I'm never going to donate when I graduate, mm -hmm. and I'm, like, rich and famous if you don't yeah. stop intimidating these guys. Yeah, totally. And the students are also, like, mm -hmm. the PR for the school, like, what, you know what I mean? So it's so much right. to consider. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, we have made it to the final showdown, if you will. Ooh. You know, obviously, they've set this up so that, like, like it's convenient that Minnie needed to go to the dentist but like um, because of that they have like every they have like this time when she's not there and they're like able to set up this whole barricade and be like okay when she comes back the confrontation's gonna happen you know and so like I love the, the drama <laughs> of that and then also I'm pretty sure when I was re-watching for this podcast I'm pretty sure some of the like teenage counselors like defect to the protest and you can like see them like protesting with them by the time that Minnie comes back like I'm pretty sure mm. but um watch out for that I'm not sure Right or not. I also just like love their signs. Like no more classist classes is such a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is catchy as hell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, you'll see that, like, the show that, you know, must go on is kind of happening at the same time that the protest is happening. So they, like, intersperse the revolutionary musical music, which is, you know, kind of reminds me of when they do the But they're US. scabs! I know, I know. It's, it's, it's like, really hard, uh, <laughs> hard, complicated part of this whole narrative. I, I can forgive Marianne, These 11-year-old scabs. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. But it wasn't an official performance, right? It was yes. Just, anyway. They say it was an invited dress later. So we can we can say that. Invited dress. Writing history, right. <laughs> <laughs> She's back. Meanie's Jeep is heading towards us. Time to take a stand. Long live the revolution! <laughs> Three weeks remanded to your cabins. Think about it. Schaefer, Kishi, my office now. Are you really gonna call our parents? No, I'm gonna send you home, both of you. We can't let this happen. I'm going after them. If she's gonna send Claudia and Dawn home, she can send me home too. Ditto. I've already done everything I needed to at camp. And I kind of want to sleep in my own bed. Is that bad? Wait up. I'm coming too. 
What about the show? It's already ruined. We'll just pretend this was a dress rehearsal. Plus, I can't stand by and not be there for my friends. Marianne, wait. I'm sorry, Logan. I have to do this. I know. You're really brave. But you're gonna miss her kiss. No. I'm not. Gotta go. I have work to do. Oh my god! We weren't trying to ruin anything or make trouble. We just wanted things to be fair, and they are not fair. This can't be the first time you're realizing that. Please, hear us out. You've run Camp Moosehead for 26 years, and I know you care about the campers. Everyone here just wants to feel like they belong, whether they have money or not. I would love to make everything free. I can't. We would go out of business. Even though you two are driving me crazy and I had to drive off campus today to get a root canal finally for the tooth that's been bothering me for weeks, not that you guys noticed, I am not oblivious to the fact that you are learning about yourselves and the way you want to be in the world. And that's what this time away from your parents is supposed to be about. So we can stay. No, there are liability issues and I have to set an example. Claudia, I'm sorry I dragged you into this mess. As much as I love camp, being your comrade has been the best part. So if this is how it ends, so be it. Drop the phone. No, not this one. You can't send Claudia and Dawn home. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Because I spent the whole afternoon hunting down a missing camper. Oh, so you're saying I can't do my job? With all due respect, kind of. You need more help. My stepsister, Karen, she wandered off today, and none of your staff noticed. Is Karen okay? Luckily, she's fine, but she was trying to catch a bus at an out-of-service bus stop. And the reason why I know that is because I was the one that had to go find her. Look, I know you want camp to be great, but that's why you need more people. More people like us, who pay attention and understand what kids need. Don't you agree? Counselors in training, baby! This is the best summer ever. Did I mention that I love this camp? Me too! Now that I've shaken the ivy and we're back to our daily activities, I'm sleeping like a baby, post-sleep training. <laughs> Long live the revolution. Long live the BSC. And come to our free art class after rest hour. Today we're pressing flowers. I'll be there. And you guys can all attend Paris Magic on whatever night works best for you. Because Mimi is letting us do it on three consecutive nights. Oh, congrats, Marianne. You deserve it, especially after everything that happened during our first performance. We're calling that an invited dress. <laughs> Hi. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Mimi. Yo, Mina, I'd like to discuss how our horseback riding helmets create a major life liability. I propose a four-prong plan. Oh, feel free to talk to those CITs about that and go into a lot of detail. Thanks. Excuse me? CITs? So they really inspired <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, but here's my pro a little bit of problem at the end is that, like, okay, they won, she, like, gave them into everything, but now she's kind of exploiting their labor and not doing anything. Yeah, no, you're, it's not a good, it's not, like, a perfect ending by any means. Yeah, because, no. like, she's now, like, oh, I'm just hands-off, and I'll let those kids just run this camp. I also think that, like, well, I think she was trying to teach them a lesson that leadership can be annoying, but, um, also, she, like, put her, like, shit on them about her, she's like, you guys didn't notice that my tooth hurt. Yeah. And it's like, don't put that on like, a kid. I don't know. That's also, weird. Like her being like, oh, this can't be the first time you realize there's inequality in the world. And it's like they're like 12 and 13, they're 13 years old. This could be the first time actually that they realize there's could inequality be. in the yeah. world. Yeah. Like it's young children. that I wouldn't hold that against them actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. No, it definitely seems like she's kind of like the like old liberal woman who's kind of like, oh, they're protesting me. God, I'm so tired. Like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, like, the kid that got lost, that is crazy for somebody who yes. is always, like, going off about liability issues. It's like, right. um... And then, and then, but this is, this is my, this is my thing, is that she's, like, worried about liability issues and realizes that the kids are better, like, supervisors than her staff, but, like, yes. then makes the people that are really young, like, in charge, which also is liability issues. Yeah. Like, and she, like, yeah, anyway. It's cool they let them do the free art class and they don't have to go home, but, like, I mean, like, so I guess, like, it's kind of like <laughs> they win concessions 
I would say. Yes. I wouldn't yes. say that they win their their goal though, because their goal is to like completely change like a structure a structural thing about the camp, and I feel like they did not succeed in that. Yeah. 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 They didn't address the classist classes. I also learned that Christy came through as kind of like a strategic researcher. You know, yeah. she was like, "I have this information that would wreck you if anybody found out." Yep. That was She's cool. Like, fuck. Now I have to negotiate. God damn it. And it's like, that's right, bitch. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I just think this is like such an amazing thing. I adore so many of the little one-liners. Like the, the best part of camp was being your comrade. Like just oh, yeah. so much good teen girl <gasps> energy. <laughs> so cute. Love it. And the theater people came around. Yes. Yeah, Marianne ended up Good. being willing to throw down her musical arms, if you will, and, and yeah. join them after she smooched Logan. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Which, do boys go to this? Like, that's the thing. There were, like, three boys that I saw, I feel like, campers. Like, do boys go to this camp? I guess there were, like, I saw, like, three boys that went to the camp. That's, yeah. like, kind of like yeah, some camps, I guess. I don't know. I guess not. Um, there's a part when they're doing the auditions and, like, a boy sings right. the song and they're like, ugh, we need boys. Yeah. It's just, like, a classic thing in drama club. Yeah. Oh, totally. But I feel like this camp young. overall doesn't have many boys. Yeah. yeah maybe that's true. Yeah, girl power. Girl power, direct action, oh, yeah. usually gets the goods. In this case, it gets the concessions, but we can't. <laughs> that's not catchy. So. And maybe some liability <laughs> issues. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I, yeah. Wait, how are they supposed to be, like, 11, 12? Um, they're 7th grade going into 8th grade, so they should be, like, 13. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, but, yeah, but still, yeah. Does anyone have they any... shouldn't be finding children at bus stops. Yeah, no, that's, that's like, really damning information that Christy was able to, uh, <laughs> <to> get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They definitely dragged teenage counselors pretty hard in this in this version of summer camp. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I have some horror stories, but, like... I've worked, you know, I was 16 when I was a camp counselor. I didn't think we were that bad. Yeah. I was definitely very annoying, but I was <laughs> watching. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. I think that Teen Girls for the Revolution is amazing. And thank you guys for coming on and talking about it with me. Always fun to chat about some Teen Girl solidarity. Yeah, I thought this was like a perfect picture of like what a what a campaign can look like like it's not perfect Mm -hmm. shit goes wrong but like if you if you stay strong and stay brave like good things can happen and i thought that was really cool and this show is so cute i'm gonna keep watching it i love it yeah new season is in the works i don't know when it comes out but it's definitely renewed i'll have to watch those episodes i missed in the middle yeah it's a fun time it's a quick watch yeah same yeah very short episodes yeah i need to watch more karen she is a thespian i love her she is so she is one of the best parts of the episodes you haven't seen like she is really funny so yeah definitely go back. she's hilarious yeah. i love her yeah i will <laughs> all right well thank you guys for taking the time all right thanks for having me yeah. yes bye enjoy the rest bye, of your sunday yeah. bye thanks for listening to leftist teen drama follow us on social media for updates Links to our Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok are in the show notes, along with links to suggested additional reading on the topics discussed. Solidarity forever, free Palestine, and abolish the PIC. Signing off, Maria.